everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the sixth episode of Riverdale Season 6, Unbelievable. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who would stick with me even if we both curiously survived a bomb and ended up with superpowers, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how happy are you that Riverdale's back? (sighs) So... First of all, the title of this episode could not be more apt because it is unbelievable that we are still watching this show uh, in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, It's nothing against talking to you. I always have fun talking to you. But recently we got to talk about not Riverdale and that was so nice. And now we're just, I'm like chained to the desk, like Riverdale's back. And then of course today we also got the news that it's renewed for a stupid season seven, which we knew was going to happen. I really didn't think it was going to happen. CW show, once they give you season five, you're good for 10 seasons. Like I, But I think that it had reached the end of the original sign-on agreements by the cast, which is why I was just so convinced the cast was going to say bye. They love money. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, you know, if we learned anything from the pandemic, it's keep those keep those jobs close when you got them, even if they're Riverdale. But uh, speaking of which, about season seven getting renewed, um, I just want to mm. thank our, our a group of listeners who reach out to us. Um, uh, we're consoling us, commiserating with us, um, telling us lovely things like th- that they will listen to the podcast um, or and, and even keep watching the show because we have to suffer through it um unnecessary but thank you as long as you listen to the podcast that's good enough for us <laughs> yeah i was i was gonna say please do not force yourself to watch this show if you like don't want to i know some people have like a weird stockholm syndrome thing going on with the show and i get that well i think it's because it tricked us because mm-hmm. rivervale was fun although i I have thought on that. Watch. Well, let me let me go ahead and say my thought then. After watching this episode, I'm kind of bummed because a lot of the fun of Rivervale was like, oh, it's Riverdale, but we're just going to kind of go wild and do magic and whatever. And now they just brought magic back to Riverdale. So what was the point? So, okay, here's the thing. Remember when Rivervale was announced and we were so upset and we were like, well, this is going to be stupid. We're not going to care about it. This is dumb. And then Rivervale did the one thing we never thought Riverdale could do again, which was surprise us by being good. It was so enjoyable. The episodes were fun. The plot lines were interesting. It it was so nice. And so then it kind of gave us like a false hope that maybe Riverdale can capture some of the energy and make us happy like Rivervale did. However, that is not the case. Riverdale season six, episode six is everything that we had worried Rivervale would be. I'm so mad. What made Rivervale fun wasn't actually the magic. It was just the it's absurdity. Archie dying. <laughs> it was the Archie dying. It was the absurdity <laughs> of the plot lines. It was the willingness to do things, like you said, kill off Archie. Have the characters be interesting and different than they are in the real world. It wasn't just the throwing the magic at it. And so they were, I feel like they looked at it and were like, oh, people seem to enjoy Rivervale. Uh, let's just bring the magic to Riverdale. That's not what I want. And now we just have the same plot. It's like we're 
we're doing all the same plots again. I'd see. It doesn't even feel like the same plot. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's the I, least fun bits of Riverdale yeah, they brought they, back to Riverdale. Yeah, they took the worst of Riverdale, the worst of Rivervale, and mixed them together and said, perfect. The masses will continue to blindly consume this. <sighs> So, all right, we're four minutes in, we've already been negative. So let me go back to thanking our listeners, who I'm very <laughs> appreciative of. <laughs> Thank you to Aaron, Zev, Jess, Liz, Haley, Miles, Tim, and Sarah for all reaching out to us about the news about season seven. Um, thank you for throwing a pity party with us. Uh, we're and very uh, happy. <laughs> thank you to Queens who DM'd it to me. Oh, great. Perfect. Um, yeah, so, you know, I- I'm going to try to find the good in this episode because... <clears throat> I'm not. <laughs> I got to tell cop. you. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'll be bad cop. I tried to find the good in the episode when I was watching it, but there was nothing yeah. to be found. Yeah. And, and, you know, this show does, it's like, okay, here is a new, this is a new <laughs> phrase I learned recently, and I think it's very applicable in a lot of settings. I learned it in the context of running, but I think it okay. makes sense in a lot of places. Okay. The phrase is, it doesn't always keep getting harder, or it doesn't always keep getting worse, or it doesn't always whatever. So, like, a lot of times if you're running, it's like, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden it's getting hard. It starts aching, whatever. But that doesn't mean that it's going to always keep getting harder. You might in that same race or a day later or whatever, you know, at some other point, you may realize that things are going to start getting easy again. And like with Riverdale, it doesn't always keep getting worse. Sometimes we have blips that are good. But this episode was not one of those blips. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, I'm I'm also using something that I'm working on lately, but it's uh, something I learned in therapy, which is called the scale of importance. Mm-hmm. So whenever something happens, I need to look at it and think on a scale of one to 10, how important is this really? And how upset do I feel about it in comparison? And what's, what's the difference between those things? And the problem is that Riverdale being bad is like a one and a half at most on the scale of importance. But for my level of upset, it's like seven and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a good one. I'll have to use that scale of importance. Yeah, she said I should tell all my friends about it so that they can help me implement it into my life. Yeah. Well, that's where we're at Riverdale-wise right now. Um, but also, I just want to say, it's the end of March. This is the first you're hearing of Kowski Cast since uh, 2021. <laughs> and what's the reason for that? Well, many things. But... Oh, can I guess? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. You were working on a Best of the Year podcast for 2021 that has not yet been released. Yes. And as of this morning, I looked at my life and I said, Mary, why don't you just make it a 200 ep- episode special and give yourself a little time to work on it? <laughs> Because it doesn't really make sense to go from the 100 episode special to the best of 2021. So I think I've decided it's just going to come when we get 200 episodes because that's that's where we're at. How many yeah. do we have right now? I think we're I like know. one. You probably have like 17 Twi-Fights to release. Yeah. Oh, we're at 131. I thought we were much farther than that. Well, you know what? TBD, I'll, I'll come up with a time. Here's the thing. I do have the special like mostly done. I have all the clips. I just haven't. <laughs> I think here's the thing is I. I think that at just any time, you could just put out a very special episode of Kowski Cast. It doesn't matter what episode number it is. You could just, when it's ready, release it. That's a good thought. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be chill. 2022, it's a new chill, Mary. We're learning... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're 
learning from the River Vale special where we started doing no edits. Guess what? No edits are back and they're staying. I'm Enjoy. so proud of you. Enjoy so the, qu- you, the quick releases on, on this pod. I should I should reiterate um, or I should rephrase on Riverdale. On Riverdale recaps, they will be non-edited. No no uh, word on other things. I did actually. Well, it's in- not that it's not edited. It's that it's not edited to the extent that it's causing you grief and problems. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you are wondering what's going on in the world of Twifight, actually many things. I just took a vacation to the location of Forks, during which I also made a little side trip to chat with Kirsten. Kirsten, it was great seeing you in person recently. That was that fun. That was so fun. Oh my god. Wait, did you get to eat any of the... Have you eaten all of the candy and chocolate that you purchased from Canada? Do you have any standouts? I think as of this morning, I finished all the candy because I ate the uh, Canada Kit Kat bars this morning. So those were good. They definitely were a little better than the U.S. Kit Kat bars. Um, I think my mom and myself tried the um, uh, tomato tomato chips. What were they? Ch- ketchup, ketchup chips. chips. <laughs> yeah, the ketchup chips. And we were like, eh, they're okay. And then I gave them to my brother. He was like, eh. But then he ate the entire bag. So like, I don't know. They must have been good enough for him to eat the entire bag. I, I think that ketchup chips in general are like, I don't know anyone who has ketchup chips as their number one favorite hmm, flavor of chip. But anyone who's willing to eat them really like like every once in a while I'll just vibe with a ketchup chip and be like oh that's what I want and I will eat a whole bag of ketchup chips but most of the time that's not the chip that I would crave yeah I I think that it had like a hint of vinegar and then a hint of sweetness so it like reminded me of a barbecue chip and a yes, salt and vinegar chip it's at like the same they had time. a baby that's how yes. I describe them yeah so um but neither of those are my favorite type of chip so <laughs> it was just kind of that's it was fine. edible it was fine anyway um Wait, what but- is your favorite type of chip um, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I honestly, I, I don't love the like greasiness of a lot of potato chips. So I, I usually go for like a Pringle because they're, they're a little on the, um, more the, on the baked scale or like the baked Lay's. I like a sun chip. Sun chips are good. I don't need a lot of chips actually now that I'm thinking about it. Tortilla chips are probably the chips I eat the most. If you go to like a Mexican restaurant and you mm-hmm. get tortilla chips, those are, and chips and queso, like tortilla chips. Um, but yeah, not as much on the, I think cause I'd rather have fries than potato yeah. chips. So if I'm eating a potato product. I'd rather have fries. I think that's that's fair. I go back and forth. I eat far too much of both of those things. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, but that that my trip to Washington State, uh, I will be making a Twilight-related podcast out of with my brother. That was an exciting moment for us. So that'll be coming out sometime. Anyway. I know. Um, Well, let's see. I think we've stalled for as long as we can. Yeah, let's talk about the dumb episode. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Welcome back. No Jughead voiceover kind of sad about it uh but Jughead barely in this episode from what it seems like so we'll get to him uh, in, in just a moment we're gonna uh do his little minor plot first but first let's just talk about kind of the opening where we attach this back together from Rivervale if yes. you don't remember because I didn't I had to go reread my notes at the end of the Rivervale special oh. they were like oh we need to sort of sever the connection between the two splinter universes from the original universe and mm-hmm. so there, it involved a lot of complicated things like locking a version of Jughead in the bunker to write out the plot lines for that universe. And um, I believe that one of the Jugheads in that universe, unclear which one, or maybe it was, I think it was Jughead, um, called the Betty and Archie from the real universe and were like, mm-hmm. hey, there's a bomb, get out of the room. Yeah, it was the one locked in the bunker writing. And he right. was like, in theory, there should be no bleed from one like multi 
verse to the next, but he just, like, couldn't stand the idea of Archie and Betty, like, dying in an explosion, so he called to warn them. Except it didn't seem to actually matter, because at first they're, like, they, they tell everyone, oh, uh, yeah, we, uh, we ran out of the room, and then we went under the dining room table, and the bomb went off, and we were fine. But later on we hear that was a lie, they actually didn't even make it out of the room, so not sure the phone call did anything, unless the phone call, like, transferred the magic that somehow saved them. I, I don't Unclear. know if it's about magic, I just think that um, the phone call represents one thing tethering the two like universes together that should not have existed. And so as a result of that paradox, other things are happening that should not happen. Okay, that was going to be my question because they also sort of bring up a potential guardian angel Fred Andrews no. point. And you, okay, wasn't sure if we, which one we were going I with. mean, I don't think that, that that is the case because I also don't think, like all Fred Andrews ever wanted was his child to have like a good life and I don't think that that would have involved um, any sort of super powers for him. So I th- I think it's just a paradox created from Jughead making that phone call. Okay, fair enough. Let's go with that. So <laughs> they, inf- they inform everyone and um, Jughead at the time of the explosion we know was in the garage. He seems to, uh, well, at least so far not have gotten lucky with any kind of superpowers unlike Betty and Archie, but he is uh, suffering from some other ailments that we'll get to in a moment. Um, and then Alice uh, has Betty go to the hospital to get checked out, which I, I do love the one moment where she's like, you guys should all go to the hospital. And Jughead's like, yeah, I do not have health insurance. So that's not going to happen. I Did mean, he ever have health insurance? I guess probably not. Maybe I mean, probably has. when FP was sheriff. Yeah. You know, a lot of people go to the hospital in the show. I don't think, I don't think we've ever seen Jughead. Oh, except for that one time when he like got completely beat up and almost died from the, the riots or whatever. FP was sheriff at that time though, right? Right. Yes, that's so true. So he would have had insurance. So let's talk about Jughead blowing out his ear. So <sighs> he uh, he asked to stay with Tabitha for a few days to write the story of what happened with the bomb, which kind of like, how are you going to turn that into a story? Like, and and Hiram planted a bomb and they survived. The end. Like, it's yeah, so kind I, of more of like a headline than a story. Yeah, I think his plan is that because Hiram planted this bomb, now he has complete carte blanche to write whatever he wants about Hiram and actually um, like he could write the whole story like all of Riverdale to this point of what Hiram had done and then it will yeah. culminate in the and explosion I, at least that's what I took from it but again uh, that might not be what they meant well yeah he says he's going to write an expose as of Hiram as the villain it seems like yes planting this bomb bad thing don't get me wrong very bad thing not sure it's the worst thing Hiram's ever done I mean he did like build a prison put a bunch of people in it and then have everyone escape the prison and then like ransack the entire town like that was probably pretty bad um, i mean he burned the whole town up so that it had nothing left destroyed yeah. the town entirely it seems like the town just kind of got together and kicked him out and then now they're like oh now all of the protections that were outside of this town like the various state and other governmental protections that he used to have no longer apply unclear but whatever yeah so, i don't i don't understand similar to a plot line in rivervale jughead is going to get a call from the wall beat journal who wants to run his article nationally so guess he's a good writer again um but then r- really we just get like a couple 
short scenes of him slowly not being able to hear people. He's he's claiming that he's zoning out because he kind of seems to like zone out and then be able to hear them. But maybe he's just reading lips or something or concentrating more. But he definitely is is having issues. So he goes to the doctors and he finds out that he is 98% deaf in his left ear and 87% deaf in his right ear. Um, and he can no longer hear Tabitha, but she hugs him and tells him that they will get through it together. So my question is, is this going to manifest itself into some sort of superpower? Is this going to last forever? What is the purpose of this? My question actually is, is this somehow related to the deal with the devil storyline in Rivervale, where now that his story has been published, will it there somehow be consequences because of that? Because I truly don't. How is, I guess like, what is it? There's one superhero who's blind and they have other things to make up for that. So I guess. I'm just trying to think of from a like writer context, how being hard of hearing would then manifest itself in like a superpower. I'm just maybe assuming like super he's going Maybe. Or Su- maybe, super... maybe he'll be able to hear thoughts. Oh, that would be interesting. Um... Hearing thoughts or somehow hearing like far away conversations i don't know i'm not sure maybe he's gonna like, hear the future somehow Ooh. I, i'm not sure but i feel like that could be an angle that would be good with like journalism like being able to predict when things are gonna happen just don't act like any of this would be good okay i don't know i just assuming this is going to serve a purpose but maybe it's not maybe he's just gonna be hard just, hearing for a little while i don't know it doesn't make sense to me that jughead is the only one who's facing a negative consequence of the explosion like obviously like archie's house is sure is exploded that's a negative consequence but like he's got superpowers betty's got superpowers like i mean my my prediction for the betty and archie superpower thing is that they will manifest themselves in a negative form soon i don't think it's going to be all good well it doesn't even if it is yeah why does jughead have to be deaf and they i'm not sure just sleeping together i'm not sure you know hey did we even get i don't think we had any confirmed coitus this episode they didn't really have time for that there was was like like, a, a kiss at the end i think yeah i don't know I, I I don't know. Mary, I just... Kristen's uh. <laughs> like, why, why are we watching this? Okay. All right. So uh, let's try something new, like yes. um, the plot line. Oh, look, we're doing gangs again, I guess. Um, this well, plot gangs line... don't just go away. You can't just quit a gang, Mary. No, it's not the fact that I expect the gangs to go away. It's the fact that it's the same plot line over and over. Put Tony and Fangs and Kevin, separate them, get them out of their own plot lines together, put them in separate plot lines where they they get to be you know doing stuff like why why don't we have like tony and betty have a whole plot line together and don't make tony like betty's sidekick like maybe betty goes and helps tony with something i think that actually has happened a couple times but it just seems like they're like oh we just got to throw these three people that we've told our main cast members but we're not actually making them leads in the show and we're just gonna give them their own plot it's like how cheryl's always off on her own by herself well you know they can't separate tony and fangs because they're in a couple now, though they are still bisexual and proud to be part of the queer community, which is a literal quote okay. from the show. That's not how people talk. No, no. This was this was one of two things. Actually, it might be both things. It's not an either or. It's probably both. This was either the writers or the actors or both being like, hey, can we not just completely straight wash this show? Like, like we need to sort of call out, like, was this to give some fans, like, hope that Faven or Choni might still happen? at some point basically i don't think so because i think that it is such a clear like 
hello, fellow kids way of phrasing it, that it is clearly just them being like, we didn't forget that they're bi, and so we're going to just tell you because we can't show you because we're not smart enough to show you. It's like I didn't like it that they had to say it, but then a part of me is like, but maybe they felt like they needed to say it so that people wouldn't think that they, like, changed. Well, I think, like... I don't know. It's fine to say something about it. Like, even if it had just been a comment, like, don't worry, we're both still bi. Like, in the way a human would say it. Or, like, if Kevin had been like, oh, but Fangs, like... Fangs, uh, Tony, I thought that you were not straight. And then they could be like, just because this relationship looks straight doesn't mean it is. Don't be dumb. Like, they could find some other way to describe it that didn't sound like, let me look up the definition of bisexual in the dictionary and be like, haha. Yeah, it's like I almost want to put the blame on this on the Kevin shoulders because it was like Kevin reacted like a person who was basically like, oh, wait, Tony, I thought that you only liked women and Ke- and uh, Fangs, I thought you only liked men. What's this? And then they had to be like, oh, Kevin, our friend who clearly would know that we're bi, we're bi, remember? And it like didn't really make sense in that context. Like, I feel like they could have just done the whole scene again but instead Kevin be like oh well that's shocking but like yeah I guess makes sense because I know you like whatever well I think it's I think it's more so just like um a sentence could have been like yeah well you know Kevin that sexuality is a spectrum like just anything there could have been any other way to describe it Kevin could have said that like why they make Kevin look stupid when Kevin would know this I don't know it was just it was a I think it might be done for like people watching the show who are I'm uh, sure stupid because I I, like a smart person isn't gonna like it it sounded so stupid the way they did it it. sounded very weird um (sighs) kevin's like hey i'm gonna give broadway another shot which was kind of funny because if you remember that was what kevin said at the very end of season five the final episode he was like i'm leaving and we all thought maybe he's leaving the show but then he was back for rivervale and so we were like oh maybe he's not leaving the show at the end of this episode he's gonna be like guess what i'm i'm not going to to broadway so maybe he's not leaving the show again (laughs) well and then even in rivervale his plot line was oh i'm gonna move to new york and try broadway yeah yeah he just keeps like saying he's gonna do that he's the boy who cried broadway yeah he really is i don't know what's going on boy who cried broadway that's a good one though um (sighs) so uh kevin is like pretty chill about the whole um Mm -hmm. phony thing tangs i think we went with tang no i think we went with tangs or tongs you can kind of go either way i'm pretty sure we wrote that down oh i think we thought tongs was funnier yeah tongs so uh kevin's pretty cool about that and uh then they're all clued in about the whole bomb situation and so fangs is like okay well we've got this gang of serpents so we need to go after the ghoulies because the ghoulies are still being paid by hiram and then I, i i paused it here because we had a wide shot with a bunch of serpents and I just want to say I counted 11 serpents and the general age range looked to be from late 20s to maybe mid to late 40s oh my god adult serpents are back baby took us this long no children around only adults don't know what happened to all the teenage serpents that we had an influx of they grew up to be adults yeah but this didn't look like this didn't look like it you know we had like 50 like young high school people 
people and now it's like oh all of a sudden there's like 40 year olds around well yeah they i don't know also people left town because uh there was well, no uh, i was just really homes. happy to see all the adult servants back but it does crack me up when shows made during the pandemic are like look it's a crowd of people we're just gonna zoom by real quick and then if you pause it you're like why are they all spaced out this way just trying to make it look like a bigger crowd than it is it was 11 people but you think that they would do like some sort of work with like special effects to fill in a crowd i don't think they have a special effects budget the special effects budget went to like making that little red glow around all the people oh my god you're right uh and all the the like whooshing wind and stuff in cheryl's plot line um so fangs is like yeah let's uh let's go after the ghoulies but tony says we have a baby now so we can't be as reckless but fun fact the ghoulies have a new leader from chicago Ooh. named twyla twist who comes in and tony wants to have a sit down with her as and they can come to some kind of agreement um but they have a sit down and twyla's like yeah no Hiram made us a deal as long as we keep doing what he asks he's going to make a monthly deposit into a private account for us although I'm I'm guessing that's going to dry up real quick Uh, (laughs) and so he left them with two tasks destroy Riverdale and kill Archie Andrews so it's good that he had priorities when he was run out of town yeah and then I wrote Twilight doesn't think the serpents look like much of a threat I'm pretty sure I meant Twyla (laughs) I believe her name was Twyla not Twilight very fair yeah Um, so Basically, um, obviously, we'll get to the extent of it uh, later, but uh, Archie beats up a bunch of the uh, ghoulies, and Trial is like, oh, you're going to send your redheaded goon after us? Well, now it's on. I We are starting a war. I thought motherhood made you soft, but I guess not. And uh, so now the serpents and the ghoulies are at war. What is this, their 10th war? I never thought that the war stopped. I thought yeah, they'd been... Like at their, war. Their fifth or so war that we've seen, I think. Like, wouldn't these be called battles? Like, didn't they just have a quote unquote war in in oh wait, or was that were that they ever at peace? When when was the episode where Tony like murdered a child? Was that in Rivervale? That was in Rivervale. Yeah, see it all blurs together now. I, this is the problem. Yeah, Tony didn't <laughs> murder anyone in real life, I don't think. Yeah, because the consequences for that were like, ooh, yeah, I I don't think that you could still be like a guidance counselor at school having just murdered a child but i don't know maybe um all right let's talk about cheryl and uh, the plot line i've titled abigail rides again she's back why now what i think is interesting is pre river vale in the few episodes that we had about abigail it seemed like cheryl was kind of all in on abigail like oh yeah abigail our distant relative blah 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 she was a witch that's awesome whatever and now in this episode all of a sudden Cheryl's like, wait, that witchcraft stuff, that wasn't real, was it? Like, I'm just kind of reading about it for fun, but like, the whole Abigail curse, that's not real, right, Nana? And Nana's like, oh, I don't know, maybe it is real. <laughs> Nana's act- Nana is acting real suspicious, and uh, so I pretty much e- immediately was like, yeah, no, Nana's not the culprit here, because it's it's gonna be a bait and switch with the whole Britta thing. Yeah, so. but yeah, Nana was still kind of the culprit. Well, in the end, yes. So, this, this just felt like a River Vale plotline, but like a bad one, like like one that we thought was going to happen in River Vale. Uh, Cheryl is trying to reverse the curse that she unleashed, Abigail's curse, the one that was mm-hmm. like, hey, all 
descendants of the Coopers and the Andrews and the Jughead family, Joneses, the Joneses, all of them a plague on their houses. And so she's like, oh no, after that bomb thing happened, like maybe that was because of the curse. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that was just Hiram, but whatever. Somehow everyone else in town is like very set on this having been Hiram, but Cheryl's out of that memo. So she just missed it. Yeah, she just missed that because, because, you know, she left the town. That's what happens when you leave the town. You don't get the town newsletter. So she makes some beeswax candles because she does have some sort of power over bees that we've seen a couple times here. And well, and can I also just say you don't need a power over bees to make a beeswax candle? Like there are beekeepers around the world that no, don't have a maybe, special power. Maybe that like she, her magical power over the bees is what makes the beeswax candles magical. I'm not sure. But when, when hmm. the candles burn down, then the curse will be reversed. But the next morning she goes and finds that the candles have all been blown out and she's like oh my gosh it's totally nana but night two they're blown out again and she realizes oh no it's britta so that they grab britta but britta doesn't sound like herself she sounds like abigail and so then they're like we gotta exercise her but actually no we have to do a banishment so they perform the banishment but it's like that thing in harry potter where it's like but i was i was secretly whispering the counter curse the whole time and so um uh, Nana Blossom is like is whispering some sort of like move the soul from Britta's body to Cheryl's. So at nighttime, so, Cheryl Cheryl is now Abigail. Yeah. So is it only at night or is Cheryl just gone? I think they implied that it was only at night, or at least now, they implied that it was only at night with Britta. Will Sabrina come back again because of this? That might be the only positive thing that could could come out of this. Because like I this d- has got to be a problem, and it doesn't make any sense with the Abigail storyline from. Vale, which I guess we're just assuming none of that actually was canon and so it's fine but like that's what they told us but like the whole Abigail story there was like actually Cheryl is Abigail but no so yeah I don't know I guess we'll figure this out I don't know there was like a scene where Nana opens her hand and she like has the spider brooch in her hand I don't know what the point of that was about I, I think maybe it's Abigail's brooch and maybe you need to have like a personal effect oh okay that's like my that. guess but that's it's good. not I, it's not based on anything other than past experience with with witchcraft. I like that idea though. Let's go with that. So yeah, um, and that's where we we leave it at the end of the the day is that uh Cheryl Abigail Sh Abigail. Hmm. Um Errol Abril Abby Sherry. Sherry. Eh, it's not, not None of these words. I would like some suggestions on this yeah, one. Yeah, please give us some suggestions of what we can call Cheryl when she's being possessed by Abigail. Something good. Anyway, at the end of the episode, she blows up candles again. So I guess that the uh, families are still cursed. I don't know. We'll come back to that. Uh, all right. The hunt for Hiram is also happening. Uh, because yes. I, which I, I guess I kind of appreciate. I mean, I kind of liked how they just sort of wrapped up the Hiram plot before. I really did think we were going to come back from Rivervale and like not talk about Hiram anymore because oh I don't think it's wrapped up still actually that's unfortunate but I mean Mark Consuelos is like not coming back he's not a permanent person but he has said in interviews how he hopes to be able to come back for cameos uh so uh, uh, yeah we'll get to my uh, we'll get to my theory so basically because this bomb explosion impacted an FBI agent uh this skyrockets Hiram to the top of the FBI's most wanted list so Betty gets like a team to look for Hiram and at the same time Veronica is like I need to find where Hiram would be I'm going to get information from Hermosa but can I again Mm -hmm. destroying a town unincorporating a town doing massive drug deals for years Mm mm-hmm 
building your own prison and then and then releasing all the prisoners on the town. None of those things were important enough to try and catch I Hiram. Mean, I don't think it's the FBI... It's just this one tiny little bomb that didn't kill anyone. I mean, I don't think the FBI knew about most of what Hiram was doing other than his original, like, fraud that he was in jail for at the start of the show. Um, what I think is ridiculous is so Veronica is getting this information to find Hiram, not to turn him over to the FBI, but because she's decided enough is enough and now I need to kill my dad. Veronica, you literally just could have done that, but last night you decided to set him free instead because you couldn't do it. So what makes you think that now you have, like, what you need to do a murder? Well, like, well, a murder of your dad because she's well, done other murders. because hiring a bounty hunter is a little different because you don't actually have to be the one to do it. I don't think she could do it herself. Although she did have access to Archie, who probably is basically like a bounty hunter and probably would have done it. Oh, Archie wanted to do it. And she said yeah. no. Um, Anatole? I looked him up, couldn't find anything Riverdale related about the bounty hunter, but yeah, whatever. Now, there is a minor blip in this plot line, which, hey, look, more stuff from Rivervale. Mm-hmm. Reggie's dad dies again, except he doesn't actually die. He just has a heart attack. Has a heart attack and gets better, although in Rivervale, he did have a heart attack, get better, and then die. So, Wait, not did he get better sure. and then die? I don't remember any of that. He definitely died. I don't remember That was in the car him. plot line, the one where yeah. he was in love with his car. I don't remember him getting better, but what? it's fine. I thought he, anyway, whatever. Uh, uh, and so, like, while Reggie is with his dad, Veronica's like, oh, my gosh, maybe actually I should not murder my father. Although I had this whole talk about the show, the, um, I was going to say the OC. It's not the OC. It's the other one that's sort of like that. The Outer Banks. The OB. Oh, okay. OBX. <laughs> that one. We don't call it the OB. Oh, we should, though. No. Anyway. I have never watched it, so th- I'm oh. flying blind well, here. There's, there's a very, there's a very similar situation in that show where a character father and their boyfriend are like at major odds and like have you know there have been death attempts like you know murder attempts and so at that point I'm also kind of like look I get it it's your father but like this this person has tried to murder your significant other so either you're not going to be in a relationship with them anymore or you got to cut ties with the dad one or the other and Veronica has just never really been able to do that so I was kind of like you know what this has been like 15 years of this nonsense at this point for you Mm -hmm. kind of understand even though she's not with Archie anymore, so like kind of kind of sad that Hiram's still trying to go after Archie, even though. Well, I think he sees Archie as the origin of all of his issues with Veronica, right? And so it's kind of yeah. like more of a symbol than anything else. Um, but so okay, here's the situation. She tried. So first of all, the bounty hunter was two million dollars, which I don't think is that much money for like killing like a kingpin of the like underworld, basically. So Veronica decides to call him and ask him not to kill Hiram. Actually, she's canceling it. But he has already completed it and sends her some sort of photo for proof. We have not seen a body. We have not seen a head. That's the first rule of Riverdale. If you have not seen it, there is no confirmation of death. Second of all, Hiram has so much money. I think that it is very possible that Anatole was someone working for Hiram, collects like a paycheck from Veronica, and then fakes it with Hiram so that he can just operate like in the shadows a little bit more without worrying about anyone from Riverdale looking for him. Mm. Hiram, I'm pretty sure, has faked his death before or faked other people's deaths. There's definitely been fake deaths. Now, I hear what you're saying about the haven't seen a head thing. I mean, that has definitely been true multiple times before. Does Riverdale really show dead bodies? Because like Paul just died and we didn't see Polly's body. We just but saw we the reaction saw shot. But we saw someone see it. Like, fully see it. I guess that's true. It was the body. Like, you mm-hmm. can't. Whereas, it's not like Veronica had the body delivered to her doorstep. She just saw a photo. Exactly. And if she were hiring a hitman, get 
having the body sent to your doorstep is definitely not the way to keep that secret. Yes. So that kind of all happens. Veronica's clearly kind of upset with the situation, but really it's on her. Um, so. Yeah, she tells Reggie she called it off. Um, and then when Hermosa calls her, she pretends she's fine, but she is like very upset. Yeah. And Hermosa calls and says, you're a marked woman now for what you did. Although I'm not sure why Hermosa gave away all that information. I guess Hermosa was fine with Hiram going to prison, but was not mm-hmm. fine with him dying. So yeah, that would yeah. that would be my theory. And it's also possible, in my theory, that Hiram is telling her what to say because he is also going to get revenge on Hermosa for selling him out. Maybe he's in the room with her while she's on the phone. I'm going to posit a new theory. Hiram is dead. Hermosa is now the new big bad. The one reason I would have to not believe that is we didn't even see Hermosa. We just heard her voice. Now, we we did hear her voice and it was the same actress. The new big bad um, comes up in Archie's plot line. Oh, yes. Well, we can have multiple big bads. We've had multiple big bads before okay so who would be the bigger bad hermosa or no i think the new big bad is the one from archie's plot line i agree with that for sure all right speaking of which let's talk about the plot line i've titled captain riverdale aka archie the invincible <sighs> so archie and frank rescue bingo from the andrews house and frank's a little bit like hey i know you didn't hide under that dining room table because the dining room table is like completely destroyed mm-hmm. so what's happening here yes. unfortunately for bingo all of his legs are broken But the vet thinks that he will be able to recover. It's just going to be a painful process and we'll have to stay overnight, etc. So what is the, how do you do, what's the recovery process like for a dog with four broken legs? Like that's, like what does he have to be in like a sling? I don't know. I guess you bandage all the legs up and and I guess, yeah, maybe like a a little. Because he won't be able to walk at all, right? So it's like. Yeah, maybe just like lay down. I feel like. How? I'm not sure. I know sometimes with horses they do like the sling like under its stomach to like hold them up so maybe something like that but like i feel like a dog is much harder to keep in that position than any other animal basically yeah wow i never really thought about it but sounds sounds painful and uncomfortable and a little inhumane well he is it turns it turns out to be fine but i just think in real part that we think is inhumane i really think that if you i you have this dog and they have four broken legs and are having months of agony ahead of them and you don't know if they're gonna make a full recovery it might be time to let the dog go oh well that sounds like a controversial decision i don't listen i've never had a dog so i do not know i I can't see archie making that decision i just like i i've had pets my whole life and everybody has a threshold of what amount of suffering is no longer okay to allow that animal to go through and that line is different for everyone maybe maybe there wasn't maybe they didn't say it was gonna be super suffering i don't know four broken legs i don't know i don't know because i know like a lot of times with horses if it breaks a leg you can't it can't recover because the bones are so delicate i don't know how that works for a dog's leg i don't i don't know either so i just it made i don't know alarm bells went up it ultimately didn't matter because of what happens later because of magic dog whatever yeah so archie is working out at the gym and he's weighing himself and realizes he's 193 pounds but a week ago he was 165 so he almost gained like 30 pounds what is that 28 28 pounds in a week that's a lot the most unbelievable thing about this episode is that I'm supposed to believe KJ Alba is 193 pounds. I don't believe that KJ, I mean, maybe 165. 
thought, how tall is KJ Apa? I know we've we've had I, this we've conversation definitely talked about so it before. many times. And like he KJ is Apa. jacked, like he has a lot of no, muscle, no, he, but he's he is, not but like he's also he's very like bulky. Too. Like he's yeah. trend. Like I don't know. I just don't believe that. I believe that he could be one seventy pounds because right. of and it's okay. all muscle. Okay, KJ Apa taller than I thought he was. He's five eleven, so he's max <laughs> one. Seven. There's no way that man is one hundred ninety three pounds. I'm sorry, my brother <laughs> is like one thirty something, but he's only like five eight. Five seven, but he, is he I five know. seven? I felt I like know. he was shorter than me. He might have been shorter. Than that. I'm not sure how tall it's my brother fine. is. It's it's fine. He's taller than me, <laughs> but but yeah, one one ninety three. That's a lot of muscle. Yeah, I don't know. It just I, well, it didn't... apparently it's just that his skin is super dense or something. I don't is know. how he describes it later. So Tony and Fangs are like, hey Archie, are the ghoulies have a hit list and it's you, so beware. And then he's like, mm-hmm. oh, where do they? live oh because you know i just want to steer clear from them nobody's believing this come on but they They still tell him yeah they tell him where to go i i do like when they say we're waiting on reinforcements from fp i mean it's it's not gonna matter but i i do love the idea that like fp is still at least a character that's mentioned every once in a while i would love (sighs) to know what's going on with him i miss him me too but he he goes anyways and he beats the crap out of them uh and i betty sees him covered in blood and is like, oh my god, what happened to you? And he's like, no, none of this blood is mine. So he just beat them all up. He didn't like yeah. kill them. They, I as, mean, they could be dead. You don't know. I don't think he killed them. Yeah, that's uh, the problem with Archie as a superhero is he doesn't have it in him to do a kill if it's even if it's what needs to be done. Meanwhile, Mary Andrews is back in town because the Andrews household is a mess. It's like, I mean, literally had an explosion. Somehow it's still standing. Like there's a big hole in his bedroom wall, but it seems like like the roof is still intact and stuff and, mm-hmm. and most of the other structure because they're just like casually walking around it, like cleaning things up. And I'm like, wouldn't you be afraid that like the whole thing was going to cave in? But I guess not. And so this guy shows up super sketch um and he's like oh i'm percival pickens i'm new in town can i buy this wreck of a house off you like instantly like a real normal person would and mary andrews is like sure why not and archie's like no this is my family's house i would i'm gonna buy it actually and and then so she sells the house to him because apparently archie has a ton of money because he had a bunch of money from the army and his college fund he never got to use i'm sorry ton of money okay but he has some money he was begging begging cheryl and veronica and everyone he knew to chip in any amount of money they had all throughout season five to restore the town meanwhile he's sitting on a nest egg that he hasn't even used i'm just saying seems like he's just keeping it for himself and that's probably his down payment for a home well he paid down this home Home, if you can call it that yeah Yeah, um he's he signs the deed he gets the house um we're we're we're, uh, we're in agreement that we think Percival Pickens is going to be the new big bad, right? Well, yes, because Google said. Oh, I didn't read Google. I looked I up. Just... I looked up the character <laughs> to see if he existed in Riverdale, and like in RG Comics, and all I got was a bunch of articles about how the new big bad of Riverdale is Percival okay. Pickens. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty obvious. From he like, has a British the accent. Music. The British accent, the the suit, the the name, the uh, way that he just randomly opened the door and like went into a house and asked to buy it. 
Like, you know, don't don't be messing with the Andrews, you know, instantly. Clearly the new big bad. Um, I do believe my hunch is that he will be related to General Pickens because oh! General Pickens from, from Pickens Park, the original like, founders of Riverdale or whatever. I his name. I forgot about that, but you're absolutely right. Remember when like the Pickens head statue got like chopped off yeah. by a tall boy? Um, sure. I absolutely two, remember that. Season two situation. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's cool. And then um, let's see. Archie beats up J- uh, Glenn and then uh, he gets the house. So that's, yeah, that's the Archie plot line. Um, most, uh, there's a lot more Archie in the Betty plot line, but it was kind of more Betty centric. So I just put that in there. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got a with our Captain Riverdale or a woman. Yeah. Because Betty can see threats. She can't see any other intention. She can just see if someone is a threat. So while she's at the hospital, she sees this like orderly who's apparently named Trevor, who honestly, you don't need the red aura. This guy looks like bad news. Uh, but sure. And then the next day they find He's out. Like, have you ever seen the Halloween episode of Boy Meets World with the janitor who like pushes the little the, I the, mean like, maybe janitor bucket. What is that thing? I don't a know. cart? It's like yeah, but it's like the it's like the thing that you throw towels in in Among Us. Like a hamper? Showers. Yeah, it's like a it's like a big hamper on like wheels. Okay. I don't know. So it's a it's hamper. Like those, sure, but it's just like why I don't know. Or maybe it's like maybe it's just like a big trash can. Whatever. He's like creepily pushing it down the hall and you're like, oh, you're a bad guy. Yeah, so is Trevor. Trevor gives major those vibes. Yeah, um, you don't need the aura to know it. But yeah. I guess right after they left the hospital, a nurse was found in the dumpster out back with her throat slit. Yeah, um, I feel like that's probably not super smart to like hide the body like so close to the crime scene, but. Um, well, it depends if it's a crime of passion. Sometimes people just do that. Like I was listening to a murder podcast today that was about a guy who just like did the murder and just left the body there. I think this is like the third time this episode that you've said did the murder. Yeah, you do a murder. Yeah, you just do a murder. I just think it's funnier than saying it in any other way. I agree. I think that's good. So uh, a bunch of FBI peeps are in town, including Glenn, who, so like when Reggie and Glenn both showed up in this episode, I was like, oh yeah, they didn't actually die because they died in, in the other, <laughs> in the one in the one with the devil guy, Lucifer or whatever his name was. Oh was yeah. Well, it was something no, like that. No, it was Luce. Lucifer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, Lucifer. what was it? It was something <laughs> dumb as hell. Yeah, something like that. So Lucifer, uh, yeah, that episode when a bunch of people died. But no, they're they're all alive. Now, I am 99% sure that in the Lucifer episode, they said that Glenn had a wife. That like Glenn died and they were like, oh, his wife called and wants to know. Has he always had a wife? Was that just a River Vale thing? Because he's back to not having a wife again. Who could know? Who could we know? will never know unless they choose to tell us. Um, but like... Like, she, he came on to Betty and, like, they were dating before. That's the first thing we knew. So even if he has a wife, he also would have a history of cheating. Well, so, right. That's why I was like, oh, wow. Not only did Betty have, like, this man she was working with who she was also sleeping with, but that he potentially had a wife. Just an interesting scenario. Well, she probably didn't know. I don't think Betty's the type to knowingly do that. But you never probably know. Probably not. 
Probably not. So he comes on to Betty and Betty sees the red aura around him and is punches him. And then mm-hmm. she punches him again. And he's like, you're crazy. And she's like, yeah, you have no idea. And then uh, a new woman who may or may not be in the show more often, one of the FBI people named Marsha Lynn, tells Betty that Betty was right about the orderly, um, that he has a sketchy past of trying to uh, take drugs from various different hospitals that he's worked at, which is why he was fired from his last job. And uh, she also says that Glenn has been spreading a rumor that that him and Betty reconnected and that she accidentally elbowed him in the nose while they were being intimate. And now, Kate, I'm I'm sure lots of accidents happen during intimate moments around the world in many scenarios, but I am having a hell of a time imagining how an elbow to the face happens accidentally during an intimate moment. Like, the I, I said, for the listeners, as this is an audio uh, platform, Mary was just sitting there trying to, like, <laughs> see the, the mechanics of how an elbow would go back. Um, Look, I don't have the Kama Sutra in front of me. I don't know. There's probably an, <laughs> an option somewhere. Well, like, the only thing I can think is if it's, like, um, maybe if he were behind her and leaned really far forward but I still don't think the angle works. I so think she w- okay, hold on, bear with me. Okay, she'd have to be on like all fours or have her arms down. Mm-hmm. He's behind her, yeah. and then somehow she could slip and accidentally. But uh, why is his face so far to the <laughs> I side? I well, I don't know. His face would have to be in a really like, weird spot. He would have this to would be, be so like, much better on a visual yeah, medium. He would have to be behind her, but like with his body like forty five degrees to the side and leaned forward as far as it goes. And then she slips. Um, it just the math is not mathing. Okay, this does not seem like a plausible thing. Like, if anything, I feel like he could have said, like, I accidentally got punched in the face or maybe kicked in the face. Yeah, Things that work. could help. It. The elbow doesn't make any dang sense. And I'm sorry that we had to make this podcast a little bit more mature rated than we normally would. But w- this is what you get. We're breaking down. Riverdale to try and make sense of it. Riverdale's already a show that's got plenty of intimate content. I mean, they mention it on the show. How? Wh- what are we not supposed to picture it and try to figure out logistically how it's going to happen? Well, I just make figured you sense. wouldn't want to because of your family-friendly rating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no cursing, but they're not going to listen that closely, probably. We don't know. All right. Uh, so that Betty goes back to the hospital and she corners Trevor and then she's like, you did the murders. You stole the drugs. Betty, just classically being Betty, calls the person out, whatever. And he's like, I've got a scalpel. And then Archie stops him. and Archie's that, really right it. there stops him and then tells Betty uh, what his situation is with his invulnerability. And he's so worried that these new abilities will lead him to hurt Betty. And she's like, no, you can never hurt me because I can identify threats. That doesn't mean that she can stop threats. She's not invulnerable. Yeah, I think she's just saying like, well, you don't look red right now, so everything's fine. But Glenn didn't look red until he attacked. So I don't really think that her skill is super useful here. It's like, I mean, I guess if what he's saying is like, oh, I'm afraid.
afraid that I'm going to start like using this power for bad. And she'll be like, yeah, but like not for me because I would be able to tell if you were going to. Well, and the thing too is um, the only reason I can think of for this being the ability is that this is how they're going to figure out that Annabelle is possessing Cheryl only at night because Cheryl will be fine during the day but will glow red at night. This is my Mm. suspicion. Okay. Are they also going to be able to look at Percival and be like, he's up to no good? I'm assuming she will be able to see something. I I don't know. It just seems like a pretty useless power. Yeah, because there's so much gray area in Riverdale. Like, is she going to look at Veronica and be like, well, Veronica's up to no good, probably. Well, is it, and that's the thing too, is she seeing overall threats like bad people or is it only a threat to her? And so Annabelle would glow because she has a curse against Betty's lineage, but Percival won't glow because he has bad intentions for Archie? Like, I I don't know. Well, Annabelle won't glow because it's Abigail, but Oh, whatever. The horror movie (laughs) girls with names that start with A. Yeah. Um, So anyway, they have that whole thing. And then Betty tells Archie about her fling with Glenn. And he's like, wait, Glenn, I thought everyone knew about this. Did did, Was everyone not? I I guess Archie wasn't around for that. I think maybe Jughead knew about the Glenn thing. I I don't know. Why would you tell anyone about that? Like, if I had a fling with someone like Glenn, I surely would not be advertising it to my friend's family. Someone knew because Glenn Mm -hmm. showed up during the whole thing where Chick and Charles were there and they were trying to get married. And then there was like... Everybody was getting all stabby. Yeah, but then he was like, I've been studying your family. And I feel like that overshadowed the previous yeah. adult activities that they had partaken in together. I guess What so. happened to Betty's cat? Glenn was taking care of Betty's cat. And now Glenn is in Riverdale. Caramel. And where is the cat? Where's I Caramel? Know. I don't know. Or wait, was Caramel the cat she murdered? Maybe. Maybe she named this one Caramel was, 2.0. Or maybe it was Toffee or something. Cinnamon. I feel like it was something like Yeah, it was something Toffee, like that. Some sort of food. Now, anyways, where's the cat? I don't know. What happened to the cat? I don't know. Where are the children that Cheryl was supposed to be looking after? In a nursery somewhere. They're like 12 now. Shouldn't? Or eight. No, they're more than eight. They were like already supposed to be two by the time the time okay, jump so the, happened. Okay, so they should be like so they're 10, like nine, right? nine or, or ten. ten. Well, Whatever. I just think Abigail should have taken over one of the twins then. Or both of the twins. Ooh, spooky. Maybe the twins are at Alice's house. I don't know. We never see them. That's not important. So Betty reassigns all the men in the FBI office to different cases. Is this because we're led to believe that they were all threats or she just did that arbitrarily? Uh, maybe she's mad because they believed Glenn when he said they were intimate. Maybe. So it's just the women know. now. Glenn comes in. It and is like, Women's yeah, History Month. You, you didn't get the note that you're a sexual harasser. So like have fun with that in your life. Yes. And yeah. And so now now he's he's pieced out. Um, well, and the la- to tie up what happens to Glenn is is uh, he's sitting in his car and the trash bag killer is like, you shouldn't have disrespected Betty like that. And then smothers him with the trash bag. So I guess Glenn is dead now. Maybe. Or kidnapped. Now, do we think this is the real trash bag killer? Sh- maybe. Here's why it doesn't matter. And here's a little <laughs> lesson. Here's a little lesson called, we already did this, mostly with the Gargoyle King. If we don't know who the Gargoyle King is in the beginning, it doesn't matter when there's like three or four different Gargoyle Kings and people pretend to be the Gargoyle King because we never knew who the real one was anyway. I still don't really know who the real Gargoyle King was, the one from the beginning. was Penelope had Chick dressed as it. Yeah, but was it? 
it Chick from the beginning? Like, was Chick the one who first murdered Benjamin Button? I don't know. I am Maybe. pretty sure, yes, that that Maybe. is what was revealed. It, it, but it's like, but there were like, there were like four different reveals of who the Gargoyle King was. So right here with TBK, maybe this is the TBK. Maybe this is Betty pretending to be the TBK. Maybe this is oh, it's Marsha Lynn. We don't know. I don't maybe think this is Pickens. We don't know. I don't think it's Betty. But it could be. That's the one there's, That's the one that I will plant my flag in. If at the end of the season, the trash bag killer is Betty, then I'm quitting with no I mean, notice. That would, be, that would be very like Fight Club. So it'd be kind of cool. Um, What would not be? Uh, there's only one person I think I would want the TBK to be. I mean, the TBK is probably just going to be someone random that we don't know. So it's Yeah, whatever. because they weren't but, operating in Riverdale before. Right. But it would be so fun if it was like, oh, actually, Brett didn't die. It's Brett. Yay. Oh, Brett's my back. God. I would be so happy. Uh, but but he died in prison after the TBK was like a thing. Yeah, and he's not—he's not like uh, he was in jail when the killer was operating. It can't be him. Yes, yes. Not only that, but he's not like a serial killer. He's just a creepy dude. I mean, I don't even think Brett's a creepy dude. I think he's just a rich guy who never learned boundaries. <laughs> Oh, no, he is a creepy dude. I forgot about the porn. I was going to say, what about all the sex tapes? Because I'm pretty sure the, pretty sure all the child pornography. Yeah, the child pornography creepy guy. I would sure like to unequivocally state that Brett was a creepy guy. I just forgot about that plot line for a I mean, brief moment. He did try to murder one person, but he and a group of three other people could not get away with one murder. He was they a teen. They couldn't even successfully murder people. Yeah, but four teens against one, they couldn't even murder him. That's pretty pathetic. Oh, my God. I think that we should once again reiterate our anti-murder stance on this podcast. Right. <coughs> Kowski cast does not condone uh, or accept murder in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and that's that's our official stance. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> okay, so Betty and Archie talk together um, about how everything is so weird. And Betty thinks they should face it together. And yeah, no, keep going. <laughs> uh, no, Archie's like, but what if it gets weirder? And she's like, yeah, it's gonna get weirder, but we'll we'll do it together. It's like, yeah, I, I survived an explosion and now I'm uh, invulnerable. That's weird. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's weird. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Have you ever seen me not invulnerable and punching <laughs> things? I'm weird. I can see threats. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, I think this show put this scene in to be like, oh, shoot, we uh, we haven't had any romance. It's supposed to be a partial romance. Um, yeah, uh, they're together. Um, it's, it's not going to take anyone by surprise for me to say that my favorite phase of this show, while, while there have been fun things recently... <sighs> This show lost its sense of what to do when it wasn't in a classic high school setting. I'm sorry, you thought it had a sense before? I, I, I think it had a sense in certain ways. Like, I know that probably people were not super thrilled with all of the, like, oh, everyone's just coupled up, whatever. But at least the couples, like, mean something. Like, we've just seen the same, same two or three scenes with Betty and Archie over and over and over. Yeah. Hey, we should be together. Okay, look, we're together. Oh, now we're going to break up because it's hard. Oh, now we're together again. It's like... They're 
there's no actual building of their relationship. In order for you to take any of the romance of this show seriously, we need to see them. I mean, same with Veronica and Reggie. They're just two hot people hanging out together. And sometimes we get scenes of them shirtless in bed. Like, that's it. We we have I mean, we've gotten a little bit more development with Jughead and Tabitha, actually, because like he has an actual thing going on and she's supporting him. That's like a little bit of something. But in order to make these work, you need to have multiple episodes where they're together, learning, working together. And, and I mean, that makes more sense in a high school setting because it's all like first love and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's and it's easy to go through that. It's harder to make adult relationships that are not will they, won't they's interesting over a long period of time on a TV show. And if you're going to do that, I mean, think of a TV show that has like a, a steady, happy couple where they're not constantly breaking up and getting back together. That's it, it with an adult couple. Exactly. Because every show has to have one that is together and one that is um like on and off again. There will right. never and- just be steady couples. Yeah, and even the shows that have like pretty long-lasting steady couples probably still will break up a couple times in the show or have major conflict. Uh, I'm not sure why this rant had a purpose. I think it doesn't. I think my purpose Anyways, was... Riverdale's bad now and we're sorry about it, okay? <laughs> the only other but... thing we didn't mention was that Argy gets a call from the vet that the legs are magically unbroken after three days. And that's it. That's the whole episode. Oh, right. Oh, right. Bingo's legs are fine. That's right. Yeah. Um, Bingo's pretty old, hey? I think so. I think Bingo... I don't even remember what type of dog Bingo was. Bingo, I think, was a golden retriever, which I think average lifespan is probably, what, like 12 to 14 years for most dogs. Um, seven years of time jump plus. Well, no, 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 no. This is a new dog. Oh, wait, this no, yeah. Oh, well, that was star. What was the star? Uh, Vegas. Vegas. Now this is this. No, is a Bingo is a different dog. I. The, this is the one that was like the emotional support dog. So we don't know yes. how old Bingo is. I'm sorry. Potentially not that old, but this is not to be confused with Ghost Bingo, who was a person. Right. Of course, the human right. Bingo. Right. If bingo only he could have magically healed in three days. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he died. He did. Yeah, he, he, he gone. No. Um. All right. Well, we had some new characters. Uh, Twyla Twist actually is from Archie Comics. More recently, in the two thousands, um, actually in the comics, known as Trula Twist, but same last name. Uh, Jughead's one of his rivals and nemesis, but also an implied love interest because, like we said, will they, won't they? Has red hair in the comics. Doesn't really look at all similar. But uh, in Katie Keene, there was also a character named Trula Twist who was a member of Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know if good to know. They were in when you were watching, but there's that. Um, Percival Pickens, we already talked about, descendant of General Pickens, most likely. Mm -hmm. And then Anatole, the bounty hunter, and Marsha Lynn, as far as I can tell, no relation to Archie Comics in any way. The title of this episode, Unbelievable, was a 2019 television true crime miniseries on Netflix about a series of real rapes in Washington State and Colorado that happened between 2008 and 2011. Did you watch that? I think I watched the start of that actually yeah, this is ringing a bell episode because it um it's about like they basically go the whole first episode goes through an entire sexual assault um investigation that is basically completely mishandled from the start by a bunch of male officers and and it shows like a woman cop coming in and actually using like trauma-informed uh skills to uh, actually catch a rapist that should have been caught a long time ago but bad police work had made it impossible to catch him for a long time 
if gotcha. the, if it's the one I'm thinking of, but I'm pretty sure it is. From the excerpt I read, uh, I know that Caitlin Denvers was in it, but that's the only person that I recognize the name of. I don't so, know who that is. I don't know. Um, from Booksmart. Which one that's in the Booksmart? Other, the one who's not Beanie Feld, Feldman, Feldstein. I don't know anyone's name. I don't know why I asked. It's fine. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Zev gave us some written thoughts, of course. Mm-hmm. This is my first time reading these, so I'm reacting live. Zev says that they were going to be limiting their many thoughts <laughs> because we usually get great big sections from them. Number one, with Captain Riverdale, Aura Woman, Crypto the Superhealing Dog, and several witches in town, is the TBK meant to be a threat? Do you think they got powers too? It does not matter because we don't know who the TBK is and I don't think they have powers. We won't care. That's right. Betty doesn't even care about the TBK right now. TBK, so far from our minds. The TBK called Betty and I don't even remember if that was in season five or if that was in Riverdale. Was that at the end of season five? I think it was at the end of season five. Don't know why we haven't had any mention of that recently, but I'm guessing- Well, because it was Rivervale, and now we've had only one episode back, so I think that maybe next (laughs) episode it'll come back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two, did the writers just create author of the multiverse Jughead so that they have a character to blame for their own writing? Hmm. This episode felt disconnected from both Riverdale and Rivervale. I went from just expecting more witch shenanigans to expecting a crossover with The Flash. I I wish we could give you an answer to this question, but I really, I don't even think the writers of Riverdale recognize how bad they are. Because they're like, I'm an employed writer in Hollywood. Ha ha, I succeed. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of um, jumped all, I was going to say jumped the shark, but we've jumped like multiple sharks, fences, lots of things. Mm-hmm. We, we've jumped it all and not in the fun way. Yeah. <laughs> Ali Slinger just just uh, tweeted at us, new plan, talk about how it's your favorite show and maybe they'll cancel it. <laughs> ha, funny. Um, I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so well, let's go back to our original um, thing of the week, most normal person. Mm-hmm. We, we did something a little different for Rivervale. By the way, if for some reason you decided to go straight from season five, episode 19 to season six, episode six and skipped Rivervale, I'd say go back and watch it. That was actually fun or at least listen to our podcast on it. But the episodes were pretty They fun. were actually fun. And Archie was dead for most of it. So it was like yeah. way better than anything else that Riverdale's ever given us. They tried a lot of new things. Those were fun. And we tried some new things like doing the least normal person of the week, but we're doing back to most normal. This may be a little hard. Uh, no, you're I mean, not going to like what I have to say, but it's Tabitha Tate, baby. She supports uh, her boyfriend yeah. through a writing career. And then when he can't hear, he takes she takes her to him to the doctor. And then when he gets a bad diagnosis, she reassures him that they'll get through it together. There is no other candidate. Yeah, um, the, I think the only other person I was potentially going to bring up was uh, Alice, but Alice was in it so little, but Alice was like, yeah, you just survived a bomb. Yeah. Um, we're going to take you to the hospital get, to get you checked the out. The only other option are two, but, like, but that was, most that common, happen. most normal people. I, yeah, and I'm ruling out Mary Andrews only because I do not think it's normal to have a person walk into your house that has exploded and you should know is undesirable and be like, oh, I would buy it off you. Yeah, in a town know. that's not really a town. Yeah, so that's why Mary Andrews. Is well, and out, also but. because she shouldn't have sold the house to her son, she should have given it to him. Why did now Archie has a mortgage payment he can't afford? How did mor- how did Archie get approved for a mortgage? It doesn't make any damn sense. Who is who's does this house have like a, a selling agent? No real estate agent, baby, so they don't have to pay a commission. Ha ha. They're, they're a town again. I forget. Who are the leaders of the town? Um Alice, Frank, Tony. Tony. Sheriff Keller? 
I don't remember. Someone else who could know. Maybe Sheriff Keller. Did we already say Tabitha? Is Tabitha? Mm, I mean, I think she's a new kid in town. It'd be pretty bold to make her one of the leaders of the town. She might be, though. Mm. I don't remember. It's I have fine. No idea I don't care. It's, I don't even is. care a little bit. Someone can tweet it at us if you remember. <laughs> I don't care. Look, we, we got most of them. It's I'm fine. not Googling it's it. Fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to do something fun now, just uh, for an up uh, uplifting little end. Uh, Kirsten, tell me something that you have, have liked recently. Movie, TV show, book, uh, anything that's come out recently that you've seen or, or heard of that you liked? Podcast? Anything? Oh, um, I watched last night a Netflix true crime documentary called The Puppet Master, and it was cuckoo bananas in the most interesting way. The narrative style was super interesting, and I really liked it. So I would recommend that to any of you true crime heads out there. Great, great. Um, and I will recommend that uh, I, I am not a superhero person, but I really enjoyed the new Batman movie. So if you, if you are a person who uh, maybe is a little bit hesitant on the superhero stuff, I think it's the least superhero-y superhero movie I've seen. And if you do like superhero stuff and Batman, I've heard that even the people who like Batman thinks it's think it's a good Batman. So um, I need to watch it still. I thought it was it was really well made. The acting was all very, very good. It is a long movie, so prepare yourself. I went there at 9.30 p.m. and did not get out until past midnight, and I was like, oh, that was a bad decision. Don't know why yeah. I didn't check the runtime. First, oh, yeah, no, long, I know it's a long movie. That's why I haven't seen it yet. But it, was, um, but it was very captivating. And so, if you want something positive, you could watch Turning Red, which is the new Pixar movie. It was very oh, sweet. Oh, was that good? It was okay. sweet. It's not like the best Pixar movie ever, but it was very sweet and enjoyable. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, well, that was some positive stuff. Uh, look at us ending ending on an upper. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, of course. And as we say here on Kowski Cast, it doesn't always keep getting worse. So maybe next time it'll be better. <laughs> all right. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for season six, episode seven. Until then, what? We go, we're going to yeah. ask for reviews. We're going to give I'm, plugs. I'm to that. that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, is that somewhere else? Well, it seemed notes? like you were going to say bye. <laughs> No, no, I was... Okay, ignore me. Leave this in. Keep... Continue. We're just going to continue. Proceed. (laughs) Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary (laughs) on every platform. And if you're interested, you can check out some of the... You know what? I just have to say, I'm going to pause here again. I appreciate the fact that even though I'm reading from a script, Kirsten assumed I was reading the script wrong. Normally, that's me. Normally, I'm the one who's reading the script and is like, wait, I feel like we're missing something. I really just thought you were about to say, okay, see you next time. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we're jumping on. I'm around. sorry. <clears throat> you can check out some of the other podcasts we do here over on Kowski Cast. That's Cow with a K. And we've got all kinds of stuff that maybe will come out eventually at some point. But in the meantime, you can check out everything that we are doing other places, which right now is a lot of stuff because guess what? Every TV show in the world decided to come back at the same time. So over on Rob is a Podcast, you can check out both myself and Kirsten talking about Big Brother Canada 10. Hell yeah. Which has been just an exciting roller coaster so far. And so you can check out the coverage of that. You can also check out um, the everything they're doing with Survivor, which I, I was on the Survivor B&B podcast for the premiere. Um, and I might pop back on for some of the other Survivor shows later on in the season. Um, Kirsten, I have been listening. I know she just finished it, but I have been all week listening to all of the Bridgerton uh, season one recaps that Kirsten was doing over on Post Show 
recaps. They're very delightful with Yay. herself, Sarah Carradine, um, Geneva, and Sasha. Really, really good podcasts. Highly enjoyable. Um, I was re-watching some episodes and still finishing the book while I was listening to those. So definitely check those out if you're excited for Riverdale Season 2. Will you be covering Riverdale Season I mean, sorry, Br- Bridgerton yes. Season 2. Bridgerton well. Season 2 coverage is coming starting next week. Great. Um, my brother texted me last night and he was like, did you watch Love is Blind Season 2? And I was like, yes. I also literally covered the the podcast for that over on Rob's podcast. So if you have not yet checked out Love is Blind, you can also check out my coverage of that. Um, Kirsten, are things still popping over on any of the those love shows? Yes. Temptation Island started last week. So Maggie Morgan and I are covering that over at robhaswebsite.com slash hot dummies. Um, but that's the only love show currently. And then the only other thing is my weekly uh, BoJack Horseman rewatch with Lindsay Wilson over on BoJack Horse Pod. Yes. And of course, you can find all of that at uh, Kirsten Said What on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Oh, yeah. Where Kirsten is streaming away for fun things. I just saw um, a, a video pop up in my YouTube feed that was uh, talking about the movie Surf's Up. And I thought about you. So. Aww. There, there we go. Search up, everyone. Um, yeah. And if you enjoyed this, please leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes or any other podcatcher. And uh, feel free to tweet that at us um, at either, well, at any of our Twitter accounts. Uh, and we'll we'll check it, of course. So I'll uh, try to release some threads that we can all talk about our thoughts on the episodes together. But for now, thank you. This is Mary Kelsey signing off. I already <laughs> forgot how to end this. <laughs> okay, bye! Bye! <laughs>